an association which I cover, and I go to a lot of their conventions. So they have conventions in LA, they have conventions, they have a big convention in Nashville every year, they have a big convention in Vegas every year. And I pretty much come and, and I talk to people and interview people that are healthcare leaders. I talk about risk management, I talk about star ratings, I talk about clinical ops. We talk about what's going on in social determinants of health. So mm -hmm. what's going on in communities, uh, communities of color, uh, what's going on politically. And I love coming to these conventions. I sit and talk to CEOs all day and we have sponsors. Uh, our sponsor for this particular event is Episource, mm -hmm. which is our biggest sponsor. And I wanted to expose you to this for several reasons. This is one of the smaller conferences. So usually these conferences are, I didn't want to overwhelm you <laughs> by starting you off with uh, with Rise West, which is in downtown LA, right uh -huh. next to the Staples Center or oh. cryptocurrency.com center or whatever, <laughs> whatever they're calling it now. But you get a chance to mingle, you get a chance to meet people and talk to movers and shakers in the industry. And I'm looking to set up panels, like when you think about TNT, mm -hmm. their coverage of the NBA, I want to have a panel with four or five people that are covering these events. I wanted to give you a chance to come up. Atlanta's not too far of a drive for you. I wanted you to come up, meet some people, do some mingling, and, and kind of assess, do, do you want to do you want to hit the road with us this summer? Do you want to gotcha. go to Vegas? Of course. Do you want to go to Los Angeles? Do you want to go to, to some of the really big ticket areas that we're, that we're going to do this year? So I wanted to give you that opportunity. For those now, since the last time you were on the show, we picked up a major affiliate in Seattle. So right. we're on drive time every day from four to five. Um, so the show's kind of taking a different approach. We're doing an hour a day. We're really in some big markets. Um, wanted to give you a chance to tell the, the audience, the new people that have never heard you before. Uh -huh. What are, why do I have you on show? What do you, what do you do? What do you, how do you make yourself useful? <laughs> what do you bring to the table? What I bring to the table. That so is a value. I, I'm a registered nurse and I've been a registered nurse for more than 10 years. I specialize in women's reproductive and sexual health. So right. I've worked in that area, particularly with, um, adolescent and young adults for a number of years. So that's kind of my niche, my specialty, although I've worked in cardiology, I've worked in chronic disease, I've right. worked in research. Research. There's a couple different areas that I work in. So Janelle is the person, um, if you go to my page, you'll see a lady with a cast mold of a, of a reproductive system. I don't, I don't want to mix all the words up because I'm, I'm not a specialist there. But Janelle, she has a t-shirt that she wears when she comes on the show that says vagina. And I'm surprised you're not wearing that. Yeah, I, I thought, didn't think I thought this would be the perfect time <laughs> to, to wear that. But... This conference is one of my favorite conferences of the year. Like I said, it's a smaller conference, but mm -hmm. it's really about women's empowerment. It's about women in the healthcare leadership industry. These are all people who are executives, movers and shakers, mm -hmm. leaders, policy makers, people that lead our country. And healthcare is 70% women. So yeah. um, it's a very interesting dynamic, right? Because healthcare is 70% women, but you still have the same sexism. You still have the same issues with sexual harassment. You yeah. still have people not getting paid as much as their male uh, counterparts, even though healthcare is seventy percent women. Yeah. So we wanted to to hang out here and, and get as many interviews as we could possibly get and talk to as many people as we could possibly talk to. Now, I want to give you a chance. What are some of the major issues that you're dealing with? You have it. You haven't broadcast with me in about three or four months. Right. So. The last time you came, you and your husband and, and your daughter, my, my bestie, <laughs> she came and, and hung out and you talked about, you really got into SDIs, you got into 
depression post COVID. Uh, you talked about contraception. Yeah. So you talked about. Um, I'm trying to get. You talked about period cups, but you talked about female condoms. I never seen a female condom before. I never even heard that. I didn't even know that that was something that existed. You talked about IUDs. You talked about all of these things that that are fantastic. I don't want to put you on the spot, yeah. and we're not political, right? So I don't care about anyone's political beliefs. That's not important to me. What, in your opinion, is the downstream impact if abortion is made illegal in the United States? If 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 Roe versus Wade is overturned, yeah, which we feel that it very well might possibly yeah. be, and as I've said, elections count mm-hmm. because Trump loaded up. The Supreme, Supreme Court, Court with yeah. conservative justices. Now, Biden appointed a, a liberal justice, Judge uh, Kentaji Brown-Jackson. Mm-hmm. But when you have a president that's in office for eight years, you have a lot of people in the Supreme Court that are, you know, Clarence Thomas is getting old. You have a lot of mm-hmm. people that are getting old. Mm-hmm. And it's the next generation, the next wave of people that are going to be on the Supreme Court that ultimately make the laws that we're going to abide by. I'm not trying to get political. I'm not trying to get on a high horse. I'm not saying that there's the my body, my choice crowd. Mm -hmm. There's the this does not reflect Judeo-Christian traditional beliefs crowd. I'm not saying that one is right and one is wrong. I'm not getting into that. I have my own personal opinions. But my opinion really doesn't count. A, I'm a man. So my opinion really doesn't mean that much. And B, the laws are not dictated by my opinions or my feelings. The laws are dictated by people that are appointed. It goes mm-hmm. down to circuit uh, justices all the way down the chain. And elections matter. If you're not happy with what's mm-hmm. going on in society, I can only implore you to vote right. and to support candidates that have the same beliefs that you have. But what is the impact? So it's it, it's a it's a an, an access thing. So coming as, as a nurse, it's reproductive health. Um, should have a gamut of resources, whether it be on the contraceptive end, whether it be be abortion. I think for women it's important to have access to all of the the resources that are available. So um, the fact that abortion may become illegal, that doesn't mean abortions will stop in the country. Absolutely not. I mean, it didn't Um, stop before. Exactly. It's just, you know. So tell the crowd, because you're an expert and you're into reproductive health. What is the difference between going to a Planned Parenthood or a provider who's a specialist that understands the body, that mm-hmm. understands how to conduct a safe abortion that's safe for, for the mother or, or the person that, that's terminating the pregnancy mm-hmm. versus somebody that's doing this out of their basement yeah. or somebody that's doing this, they, they have a clinic, but they're doing it in the back somewhere from a sterilization, from a safety standpoint, what is the impact when people go underground for this? The impact can be, you know, disability, death. Wow. Um, It's it's really unsafe. Like these, for anything you do in health, you want to go to somebody who specializes in that particular thing. So um, that's why it's important to have people who know how to do uh, abortion care. You don't want to take it underground where people are, you know, reverting back to things that are unsafe, using hangers, so on and so forth. Um, the impact is more death, more disability to women or people with uteruses. Interesting. Now, how would you say, you're in Atlanta, which is a primarily African-American community. How does abortion or just young pregnancy, things like that, how does that impact 
the people that you work with and see? Because you talk to young women about sexual health, you talk to them about STIs, you talk to them about pregnancy, you talk to them about fibroids, you talk to mm -hmm. them about all of these different topics, um, how to prenatal care, mm -hmm. postnatal care, postpartum depression, all of those things. How does, how does this impact that young teenage, young adult cohort in Atlanta where you're working? So it, it comes back down to access and having um, re the resources available. So because you know abortion may not be legal, there may not be the opportunity for that person who chooses to have abortion to do have one safely. So they may you know take it underground, go to another state. So right. um, and because people of color, we're usually the ones without you know the the resources and the money to do things. You may have more people who end up pregnant who don't want to be pregnant, right? Wow. So that that's a whole other uh, uh, list of issues. So you get into maybe there's adoption for those who want to do that. You just have people having babies who don't want to be mothers. Right. Now, what are your thoughts? Like I said, I'm not trying to get political, but I'm going to go on the my body, my choice. Why is that so important for, for women? I've even heard, which this I don't agree with. Uh -huh. I don't agree. I, I kind of heard Vice President Harris sort of imply, I was watching C-SPAN and she said, are there any other, are there any laws about men's bodies that women dictate? And as the vice president, I don't agree with that because mm -hmm. the legal system isn't built that way. I don't think that this is something a panel of 100 women decide. I just think it's, it's a part of the legal process. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily agree with what's going on with the legal process, but it, there is the legal process. Um, but from a women's perspective, I'm not asking you what mm -hmm. you personally believe or to downgrade if someone disagrees with you, but explain my body, my choice, what, what that women, because you talk to women, yeah. you talk to women that are facing, that are pregnant, that are maybe looking to get pregnant. You talk to them about their health going into a pregnancy. My body, my choice, what does that mean to women? So each patient that I see, each patient that comes in is an individual. So right. their life circumstances, their work circumstances may or may not dictate that a pregnancy at this particular time is good for them. Okay. So, um, just having the ability to make that choice, knowing that there's a full, they have full access to all care right. is important because what one um, participant or may want may not be the same for the other, just because their the lives are totally different. They're at different stages of life, different career paths, different life, lifestyles, life circumstances. So I think it's important um, to we individualize healthcare on all other aspects. Why not for um, reproductive health as well? No, it makes a lot of sense, and, and thank you for giving us a very mature synopsis. It's such a controversial topic, and I think that people people get into the political mm -hmm. side of it. And uh, I say all the time, man, I don't care about your politics. Um, everyone in the United States of America should have healthy options for whatever right. they want to do with their life, rather they're pregnant, rather they're ill, rather they're looking to lose weight. Whatever you're trying to do, pregnancy falls under the category of health. So you should have the best options to take care of your health and not put your health at risk right. and, and whatever you choose to do. Um, it's not for me to dictate. It's not for me to, to sit on a soapbox with my traditional Judeo-Christian beliefs. That's not relevant. Right. And as a man, it's really not relevant. I, um, it's really none of my business and, and I'm going to stay the hell out of it, which is why <laughs> I brought Janelle in. What we're going to do, we're going to cut to a break. We'll be back with more Lance Day Show after these messages. Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lunch J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. 
Yo, this is your boy Lance J, a.k.a. the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, a.k.a. the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. Listen to me weekdays now at 11 a.m. on WOL 95.9 FM in the DMV, brought to you by our partners at Episource, the nation's leader in healthcare analytics and strategic support for Medicare risk adjustment programs. James Lewis. And the chats are cool because everyone's at a different stage of, of their life. Sometimes you have some friends that are bachelors and they're looking for something completely different than, than your friends that have four kids are looking for. And then you have friends that are going through a divorce. You have friends that are going through health problems. You, you pray together. You, you comment on what's going on in society together. If you have loved ones that, that are struggling with their health or struggling financially, those, those chats or forms to, to really to discuss and, and uplift one another. And then, you know, people, you got people, they're still talking about who they had sex with in college back in 1998. There's always that guy on the chat. It's like, yo, you remember when I tapped that? Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. It's just like, yo, Slim, she's got three kids and, and married a multimillionaire. She's not thinking about you. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network.